Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like that, Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher, 97.1 The Ticket Producer. With me today, as always, as Scotty Bentley, other host here at Locked On Red Wings and host at Locked On Tigers. Scotty, how are you doing today, one day after the Atlanta Braves win the World Series? I'm doing well, man. Yeah, it was, it was, pretty, it was a pretty hectic, uh, chaotic day for me with, um, with the Tigers making a trade the day after the World Series, yes. too. That. That is certainly uh, that's that's the team I cover as well. So yeah, it was a pretty hectic day to be honest with you. I've been I've been running around and being guests on other people's shows <laughs> and doing crossovers and people interviewing me, asking me for like my opinion on on this guy and and writing pieces about him and everything. So it's been a uh, it's 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 been a day, and I'm glad, man. I'm glad. I'm happy that uh, they're hitting the ground running there. Literally 24 hours, not even 24 hours after the last out of the MLB season, and uh, the Tigers already are are trying to figure out the the catching situation, which was a big hole. So I'm I'm uh, it was a day. It was a day for sure. Carlos Correa is officially a free agent too, and I know uh, you'll be yes, watching sir. that saga with bated breath. Big time, and Verlander now. There's a, there's a few. There's a few. Yeah, so um, unfortunately, unfortunately, what am I saying? Fortunately, we do have some hockey to talk about as well. So this is the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Um, but before we get to that, I do have to uh, thank you guys for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now that that's out of the way, we can talk about the fact that Dylan Larkin and we will do as well a mailbag later in the episode. But we want to leave this episode off with Scotty talking about how Dylan Larkin missed practice again. And we don't want to speculate on his reasons why. We don't want to, you know, put any pressure on. But it is important to note that Dylan Larkin has missed a game and two practices for personal reasons. And that needs to be noted because that will obviously have an impact going forward on this team because he is the captain. He's a number one center and you have a big matchup against Boston in Boston coming up tomorrow. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's definitely, it's, I mean, we saw like, right. Like we just saw the effects of, of what, uh, missing Larkin can have on this team. And, and, uh, center depth is already something that we've struggled with for the last three, four years, um, with Larkin, nonetheless, without him. So going forward, that's definitely a situation that, that we all have to have our eye on because he's the captain of the damn team. But um, really, I mean, I, like it, it was a weird, it was weird. Like he, he started off not skating fully and people thought like, oh, he might be hurt or have like an injury. But then the, the announcement was personal reasons and now he's not again today. Um, that that's obviously something that they're going to keep very closed and, and, and tied off to uh, to the public if it's a if it's a personal thing like that. So we won't know until Larkin says anything. But um, 
yeah, I mean, I, I mostly just hope everything's like cool, you know, like I, I really just hope everything's okay more than anything. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, whatever he's going through right now, I hope that, you know, all is well. And if things aren't well, I hope things get well for him soon. Um, this isn't something, again, you don't want to, I don't want to speculate on what the reasons are, but it's just, it, it's hard missing your captain. And I hope that he is doing, he will be back on the ice soon whenever he is ready. Um, but it, it leaves a big hole up front. Thankfully, now that you're playing in Boston, in Massachusetts, which is in America, you will have Bertuzzi back in the lineup, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be huge for this team. We talked at length multiple times about Bertuzzi being a spark plug and how it hurts not having him in the lineup. Well, thankfully, this is a game in America, so he can play. Um, but missing Larkin, I mean, nonetheless, it's still your number one center. And he's been unreal this season. Like, he's off to a really, really hot start this year. Uh, he's got eight game or eight games, eight points. He's a point per game, and his Corsi Scotty is unreal. His Corsi four is sixty percent right now, which is near elite levels for Corsi. And that means I, I've said it before, but that basically means that the team is better when he's on the ice. The team is controlling the puck more when he's on the ice. This so far, and only through eight games, but this is going to set a career high for Dylan Larkin and Corsi. He's always been floating around. 50, around 55%. He's at right right now through eight games, 5% higher in Corsi. So like just to put in that little extra emphasis on how big of a player and a role player he is by just stating that fact. Yeah, no. And, and again, like it's, uh, we, we just saw on, on, uh, on, on grand display in Montreal, how, how much of an effect missing him could have. And um, hopefully, Hopefully everything's just okay in general, but but uh, for the team's sake, hopefully it's not something that will that will keep him out, and hopefully he can just come back with a clear head and everything's fine, whatever he's going through. But um, yeah, man, it's 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 definitely a, a a big hole, and like I already said, the the center depth has already just been such a struggle the last five years with this team as is. Um, uh, as good of a signing as and an acquisition as Suter was. Um, uh, he probably shouldn't be your one C, you know. Yeah. So that's that's and and now you're asking Valeno to even as great of a a, a debut se- this season that he had, um, you're asking him to take a big step forward. You're you're asking a lot out of people, um, with the team just for for missing one player. It just shows you how important he is to to the product on the ice. Well, that's a good point, too, with Pew Suter. And, and we mentioned it in yesterday's episode that he played a lot of minutes on the top line for Chicago last year with Jonathan Tays out. And he had a pretty decent season, by all accounts. It's a big reason why Eiserman took a flyer on him and signed him, because he wanted to see if Pew Suter could develop into something more. Kind of like how Robbie Fabry did for us. Robbie Fabry's situation was a little bit different, where he was coming back from injury, became the odd man out, and it was a highly touted prospect. But just taking a flyer on a player to see what they can really do for you when you put them in a situation to succeed. This is Pew Suter's first opportunity to succeed with the Red Wings. And so, obviously, it wasn't that great of a start to that with uh, against Montreal. But now, continuing here, he's going to get more opportunities. And if that doesn't work out, hell, go to Joe Valeno. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it really is. I, it's... Uh... It's a situation where there's going to be a lot of mix, mat, mixing and matching of, of lines and stuff, and uh, you're going to get opportunities from from some kids in Grand Rapids and such. But uh, I, you know, as, as cool as that is, and as, as cool as it is to kind of see kids get more opportunities and people get to step up in bigger roles, I'd, I'd you know, I'd rather have the captain. Yeah, I always would rather have the captain, and 
you know, you, br- you bring up the center depth always being an issue. And it has been an issue, which is wild, too, because even though like we saw it in this game yesterday or Wednesday, rather, or Tuesday, rather, Tuesday, we saw it in the game Tuesday where even though we have all these centers signed, none of them ha- can have the ability to really seem to step up in that 1C role. And like the only two who might have that capability is going to be Suter, might be Valeno if they decide to give him a crack at it. I say, why the hell not? I mean, in all reality, this is going to be another one of those years for the Wings, as hot of a start as they may have started with. Realistically looking, this is going to be another one of those years where you're, you're building rather than, you know, winning for a lot of it. So I say, why the hell not put Valeno in the opportunity to see if, give him the opportunity to succeed, see if he does. But all of that is second to, you know, having your captain in the lineup. And, you know, you can't make, you can't belittle, not belittle, but, you know, disparage the mental health aspect of this too. If he's not mentally healthy, he shouldn't be playing. And that's just a fact. Like I'm not trying to be like Larkin needs to get back as soon as possible. He needs to obviously take his time. And when he feels he is mentally available to play, then he's going to bring his best game. Then he's going to bring his a game. And uh, whenever he's ready to come back, you know, we all will accept him with open arms, but there's absolutely no rush on him to return as much as the fan part of me is like, I want this team to win until, you know, we need Dylan Larkin to win, you know, him being on the ice when he's not ready isn't going to help either. For sure, yeah, it's it's uh, and it you know it's it's so it's so difficult for for a, a true evaluation from from our industry without actually knowing what he's going through and stuff. And um, yeah, no matter what he's going through, it's most importantly is him just coming back with his head right, and and yeah. uh, hopefully he is um, going to be in a situation where he can do that. Yeah. So he missed practice on. Wednesday, as you're listening to this, it is Thursday, or November now. Jesus, it's already November. November November 4th, 2021. Um, We will get into the possible implications if he does not play for a second consecutive game when we preview the matchup against Boston on the other side of this. But first, we got to talk to you about betonline.ag. They are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use their promo code LOCKEDON to receive the bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Oh! All right, Scotty, with the news on Dylan Larkin not practicing again on Wednesday, you know, it's still uncertain whether or not he will play in the game on Friday, but regardless, we got to preview this game, maybe coming from a mindset of, you know, maybe do a version where he is there, a version where he isn't there. I mean, really, there isn't much of a, a difference. <laughs> I mean, there is a difference, obviously, having Lark in the lineup, but it's the same preview either way. And just, we the Detroit Roadings are on a three-game losing skid right now. They lost the Panthers in overtime. They lost 5-4 to four to Montre- or Toronto, and then they lost 3 to nothing to Montreal. Now they face a 
juggernaut of a roster in the Boston Bruins. And they seem to play better against better teams. So maybe this is the get right game. It's going to be tough if Larkin doesn't play again, but still that's the great thing about hockey. You can never really count any team out. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Boston's, uh, they, they have a, that's a very good roster over there, but they're four and three, right? They're not, this isn't a, this isn't like a, a six and one or a seven and O team that we're going up against either. Um, that, you know, and, and it's the beginning of the season could be a get right game for the boys. Yes. But, you know, Burt, Burt being back alone gives you a little bit of firepower in there. Um, you, uh, yeah. And if, if we're able to place Larkin in there, that'd be fantastic. If not, I, I still think that at having one of Larkin or Burt is still going to be enough to at least give us a little more, a little bit more firepower there. And, and. Hopefully, honestly, the biggest thing for me is just to bring back that that physicality and that that kind of chippiness that they've been playing with, man. I, 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 think, I think that's Bert what brings bring. that back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think that that's, that's really – that was the biggest thing they were missing in Montreal for sure. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I think adding him back could be one of the just, – just important in that aspect, even if he's not up there putting up a ton of points during the game. Just bringing that bringing that mentality back is going to be so important. But yeah, like I mean, Boston's a you know roster to roster, probably very clearly the better the better team on paper. Um, but but you know four they, and three, that four and three we we have about the same record. Yeah, the Detroit Red Wings right now I believe are four four and two. If I'm remembering correctly, let me just double Correct. check on that. I have them up here. Uh, yeah, four, four, and two. They're fifth in the Atlantic Division right now, while the Boston Bruins are four and three, which technically puts them at sixth because the Red Wings have those, you know, overtime loss points in their pocket. But the Boston Bruins, the teams they have lost to, are also arguably off to the hardest, hottest starts besides maybe the Flyers. Uh, hottest starts in the league. You know, they lost four to one to the Panthers. They lost three to nothing to the Hurricanes. Both teams off to franchise best starts. The Panthers what hit, hit, hit what, 8-0 before they finally lost, and the Hurricanes just hit yes. 8-0 as well. Um, actually, it was the Bruins. Who, their most recent win was against the Panthers. That was the gave the Panthers their first loss on the season. So while their record may have them at sixth in the division, you know, they were losses against good teams, and the teams they have beat, I mean, one of those was the Panthers, and they're, they're unbeaten streak. The other ones were the Sharks, who, you know, aren't that good right now. Uh, the Sabres, who are off to a really hot start, so I guess you give them credit for that. That that's a good win uh, at the moment, at least. Might not look that way at, at the end of the season, <laughs> but I don't expect yeah. it to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Because, like you said, looking at the roster on paper, the Bruins are the much better team, but the Red Wings have proven to play up to their opponents early in the season. I mean, I, we've talked at length about their most recent matches. I'm not going to get into that again. But that's why, while the Boston Bruins are an intimidating opponent to look at on paper, I'm not as afraid of them as I would be in recent years. I'm not going to look at that as just immediately assume it's a loss anymore because of the fact that Tyler Bertuzzi's back in the lineup and he's a spark plug. He brings that energy. He brings that grittiness because of the fact that they play up to their opponents. And yeah, if Larkin doesn't play, that's going to be a huge loss. But I... It's going to suck, but I do think that this team has enough willingness to play hard and grit. I mean, we saw it in that 45-second clip of them blocking shots. I mean, they are willing 
to put their bodies on the line for this team. They just needed that spark, and I think Tyler Patrice is going to provide that. Yeah, absolutely. And I and really, again, when like I brought up earlier, like depth is is such a thing that that we were very clearly lacking in Montreal, and the the effect that those guys have on the ice, Larkin and and in this case, Burt have on the ice is is very prevalent because they're they're two of the best players on the team, but. Even the the like like I don't even know like the spider web of effects that then come out of that is is then having more depth and having guys play their true natural spots lower and uh, you know on lower lines and giving our our third and fourth line guys more and more depth and Boston is a team with incredible depth right so going up and and not only does putting him back in this in this uh, lineup give us a chance to have a, a more of a top end player but on top of that it also bumps everybody down one which makes us more even lined with their lower lines as well yes. so it's there's there's a lot of different folds in which the 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 impact of those players is a lot more than just straight up what they do in the 20 minutes that they're on the ice 22 minutes that they're on the ice it it really is a, a a butterfly effect of a lot of different stuff that that they're able to affect. Yeah, no, that's a great, great. That's an awesome point because, I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi is tied for points leader with Lucas Raymond right now, but he's also played three less games. Tyler Bertuzzi's at yeah. nine points in seven games, leading the team in points per game, and just having him back in the lineup on that top line is going to be huge, especially because of that butterfly effect that you just mentioned. It's gonna kind of almost set the lines back to where you want them. Uh, the big question mark, again, being whether or not Dylan Larkin ends up playing. But if Dylan Larkin doesn't play, I'd still be a little concerned about that first-line chemistry. I don't know if Suter, especially not having played with Raymond and Bertuzzi that much, would be able to bring that same amount of chemistry. Same thing with, like, Valeno. Even though we were, like, salivating of the idea that Valeno could, Valeno could play on that top line, that top line chemistry would still concern me a bit. But it's just, again... Bertuzzi bringing the energy back. I mean, just Bertuzzi being back in the lineup is going to make them better, even if the chemistry is not 100% there. And again, Boston is an intimidating opponent to go against, but you never, you can never count a, a team out, especially in hockey, and the Detroit Red Wings, again, play up to every opponent they, they face. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, I think um, a, a lot of... Uh, it, it makes me feel a lot better knowing that uh, like you called them earlier that spark plug that we're able to have in the lineup and be able to just inject some 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 physicality and some life into this team and and obviously putting the kids on with some more veterans now and, and more people that deserve to be up there in the in the top lines it, it's definitely a game that that even though the you know it's the big bad Bruins is still very much a a game that I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm never going to I'm never going to count this Red Wings team out, which I haven't been able to say in, in a few years. Yes. Nice. Right. Well, and the, the other thing, too, to look at here is who are they putting? Who do you think is going to start in this game? Because Blashill's been pretty good about. And when I say good, I mean, like he stuck to his guns about this A and B tandem with Grice and Nedeljkovic. But Nedeljkovic just came off a fantastic performance in Montreal, despite the team losing three to nothing, where he made thirty-eight out of forty shot or thirty-eight out of forty saves. Uh, he played absolutely out of his mind. I, it's been a couple days rest. I say put him in net for this game against Boston. I you I feel like that's just smart play because he's just the hot hand right now. Not that Thomas Grice has been necessarily bad, but in his recent performance hasn't been that. He let in five goals against Toronto. 
And then, mm-hmm. you know, when Nedeljkovic goes out there and makes 38 saves the next night, you know, you might be like, okay, well, I'll put Nedeljkovic in that and see if he can replicate that against the Bruins. Hope that with Bertuzzi back in the lineup, there is some scoring that actually happens in this game. Yeah, no, and and I think I, I the goalie situation's been interesting all year because you have the the it has so far already kind of been like hot hand syndrome, right? Where it's just whoever whoever's kind of on a heater lately is going to get the nod, and and Ned has gotten the last few, and and Grice has had an iffy performance. It's uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do because they are. Even though Ned has looked nice, but but on top, like Ned's looked really good, and they've gotten a couple of days off. Like there's nothing that that says you don't just keep riding that. But um, you also don't want your you don't want Grice to go too long without getting any any time out there either. And 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 you know maybe with Burt back out there, you know throw throw Grice maybe throw more of a veteran out there and and against a very good Bruins team, maybe you don't want the. The, as we've very clearly seen, the wildly aggressive goaltending of, of a young uh, Nadelkovich. Maybe, maybe you want more of the, you know, kind of calmer veteran presence in there. Maybe, I don't, that, that's not a bad point. The, I'm really interested to see um, Mo going up against a defense or a, a team that's like as physical and big as yes. him. I, I think that that's something that that we haven't really seen a, a team quite built like the Bruins yet. Um, and, and yeah, like no more char, obviously, but like it's, it's still, that's still a, a, a big ass team, man, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of been their MO. They've been the big, bad Bruins for so long now. Not to say that they, they don't have like a, obviously Bergeron's got a scoring touch. Brad Marchand, as much right. as I hate him as a, as a player and you know, his on ice antics, I don't like. Um, he's an incredibly gifted goal scorer. I mean, they got plenty of goal scoring to boot, but they are the big bad Bruins. They're known for their physicality. And it'll be interesting if maybe if that'll bring, you know, a little bit more out of that, that Moritz Sider uh, hit parade we saw in Sweden. I would absolutely be in love if he just laid up, especially if it was Brad Marchand. Please be Brad Marchand. <laughs> <laughs> right on his ass. Mood. Yeah. Mood. So yeah, that I mean that's that's really where we stand in this game. It's gonna be, you know, we talk a lot about litmus tests. They're on a three-game losing skid, but they tend to play up to opponents with Bertuzzi back in the lineup. It only increases their chances. So let's uh, let's hope that everything goes right in this game tonight, and that they can get back on track before I believe coming back home is the next game. Um, I know they play Vegas on. Sunday, but I think they have a game in Buffalo the night before that. I do believe they're doing another weekend of back-to-backs. So it'd be a good time to kind of get right before a weekend of back-to-backs because that's going to be tough. three straight? Three straight weekends of back-to-backs. Yeah. Yeah, so actually I have a schedule up right here. I can double-check on that, but I'm pretty sure I got that right. Yeah, Buffalo on Saturday and then Vegas on Sunday at Buffalo. So it's Saturday at Buffalo, Sunday in Detroit against Vegas. So this game on Thursday is going to be even more crucial because if you go into your weekend back-to-back with a four-game losing streak, it's going to be even harder to right the ship because that fatigue is really going to set in in that weekend. So yeah, go to Boston, play up to their speed, grind it out, win the game, get back on track, go to Buffalo, put them in their place. For God's sakes, they are not as good as they, they're playing. Come on now. 
And then face. I'm so tired of Buffalo. The laughing stock of sports. I'm so tired of them thinking they're good. So tired of it. Especially with this rumor about Jack Eichel maybe going to Calgary. It's heating up. But that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, We're going to go to our final break. And when we come back, we'll do our mailbag segment that we've been uh, teasing for quite some time. We did get a couple questions. A couple of really good questions, actually. That uh, we could probably fill out two whole segments with just on based on that one those two questions alone. So uh, when we come back, we'll do that, and uh, see you on the other side of this. Darren McCarty comes back with Neiman in front of him. McCarty draws. McCarty in. McCarty scores. A magnificent goal. Darren McCarty. All right, Scotty. It's time for the much anticipated mailbag segment that we have been teasing since Saturday or Sunday, trying to get people to ask as many questions as possible. Um, To lead it off with, this is actually about the depth with Larkin out. Uh, We mentioned it the other day about the possibility of Jonathan Bergeron being called up. Um, This question came from at Mings1024 on Twitter, and he asked, what about calling up Bergeron? And yeah, that, that is something that we have thought about, something that we have mentioned. Uh, I know that with it comes to like ELCs and stuff like that, it's hard to want to burn a year on that. I just don't. He's, you know, he's got four points in seven games with Grand Rapids so far this season after putting up great numbers in the SHL last year. But I don't think he's NHL ready. Now, if if you needed to call him out of necessity, I'm sure he could handle it, but I don't see him getting top six minutes, slot him in on the bottom six role. But at that point, the question becomes, is it good for your development to get called up and then play 10 minutes a night, eight minutes a night, when you can go in Grand Rapids, really develop yourself playing top-line minutes and improve your game? So I don't know personally if he'd be ready for that step in his game, that role yet, especially with, you know, not a bad start by any stretch of the imagination. Four points in seven games is nothing to sneeze at. And he can play both wing and center. But I don't know if this team, this moment right now, would be the best opportunity for Bergeron to step into the lineup. I agree with that completely. Yeah, it's kind of um, uh, a similar thing that we debated, Nolan and I debated last year with Giovanni Smith when he was getting called up and sent down every day, right? Like, um, is it more beneficial for him to be in, in Grand Rapids and playing 20 to 22 minutes or more to be up here playing eight? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's I, I think it's probably more beneficial for him to stay down. Now I will say I fully expect him to play in a winged wheel this season. Yes. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to be relatively consistently or if he's going to be like a solidified third line or anything like that. But I, I fully expect him to get a, a handful of games up here um, at some point this season, it's just very early on. We, we thankfully knock on wood, we have not gotten bitten too hard by the injury bug yet. The, the only really stuff we've had to deal with is, um, is Burt whenever we go north of the border. Verona hmm. will be back relatively soon, uh, ish. Yeah. Um, so, so like, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not something, I guess what I'm trying to say, there's no point in rushing it. There's no yes. point in looking at him and being like, Oh, like we really need to get him up here. Um, he, he's not going to be a guy that, that when he, the second he, he steps into the, the clubhouse, he's going to be a top six forward that that's getting you, you know, a, a point a game or anything. You know what I mean? Like he, he's not, he's not a, 
he's not that that he's not that guy in this current moment. And, and so I, I think it, it makes a lot more sense for him to stay down, keep developing, keep getting 22, 24, whatever minutes a night down in, in Grand Rapids uh, than it is for him to come up. But I, at, in the same breath, I do expect him to be here at some point this season. Yeah, but you got to play that careful game. I, I'm a complete, I completely agree with you as well. But always on the same page, Scotty, just you know, cohesive <laughs> unit here. Um, I fully expect him to be in the wing wheel at some point this season too, but you only get so many games before you burn a year on his ELC or begin, begin the clock, I should say, on his uh, entry-level contract. And you don't want to do that too soon. And if you're going to let him play a handful of games, you want them to be meaningful minutes. And just calling him up because you need to fill a slot, have him play fourth line because you know he's not ready for top six minutes yet isn't the proper opportunity in my, in my mind. And, you know, he's still just got more room to grow. Give him the season. Call him at, at the end of the year when hopefully you're not, but realistically probably will be eliminated from playoff contention. Just if I'm being completely honest, not trying to be For cynical, sure. but just looking at the situation. For sure. That's just where this team still is. It's getting a lot better, but that's where it is. If you're going to call him up, make sure he can play meaningful minutes. I don't think this is that situation for that. I guess is for sure. Yeah, the end of that. And hey, <laughs> if 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 you if we end up having a, a crazy injury situation and then four guys go down in in a week, then he should be one of the first calls. Like like he, you know, I'm I'm not saying hold him down there no matter what. Like, you know, if if we have the ability to give him minutes, give him minutes exactly. up here. But but I think he should follow the minutes, and I, and that is currently in Grand Rapids. Yep. Um, and then our second question here is, do you guys think this is a, just a hot start for Mo and Raymond to slow down, or do you think this is them and they put up, say, 60 to 70-plus points in the rookie seasons? That comes at, at Red Wings Got Next on Twitter. Um, Damn right. 60 to 70 points from Moritz Sider, I think, is asking for a bit much from the back end, especially because that's not necessarily his type style of game. He's much more of a shutdown. Yeah, that's definitely off to a hot start. Yeah. yeah, definitely off to a hot start. Not denying that. Lucas Raymond, on the other hand, I mean, 60 to 70 points from a rookie is a lot to ask, but I honestly think he could do it. I mean, again, only not, what, nine games for him, 10 games for him, but he is he has looked so comfortable in his this top top pair top line minutes so far with the granted he's had he has great line mates too but even in the games where they're not present he individually still looks fantastic i yeah i think lucas raymond 60 to 70 points isn't out of the realm of possibility yeah and i it's uh like like 70 points is a lot 70 points that's that's a that's a that's a solid year from a from a rookie that's a that's a lot from a rookie but um I, I mean at this point if anyone was able to do it it would be him and and he's gonna get the opportunity i mean he's a rookie and he's already getting top line minutes like it's not like it's not like he this is uh oh like is he gonna get babied in whatever like he's he's thrown into the fire baby he's he's all in and he's um, performing both of them performing above yeah. that despite being thrown Absolutely. into the fire and Absolutely. To, to put it in perspective, Scotty, Dylan Larkin, their captain, in his rookie season only put up 45 points. His career high in points right now is 73. So you're basically asking Lucas Raymond to be better than the captain has ever been in his seven-year career in his first rookie season. Not saying it can't be happen, it won't happen, um, but it'll be hard. But he yeah. has shown, like I said, how comfortable he, comfortable he is, even without his 
top line linemates, the linemates there on his own individually. He looks not just dynamite, but dynamic. And he's just been everything and more that we could hope for. And I, like I said, it'll be tough, but I think 60 points is 60 to 70 points is in the realm of possibility if he can carry this forward. For sure. Yeah, no. And I, I think um, I, I, I don't think that I would be from, from Mo's perspective, I don't think that I would be looking too terribly much at the points for Mo as far as like a, how good of a season he had. I think, I think that's going to be a lot more of just defensive ability and, and watching games, seeing how, how, uh, how good of a defender he is than it is how many points a rookie D man that that's not going to score a ton um, puts up. You know what I mean? So I, I, I would take, I would take that with a, a lot more of a grain of salt, but but yeah, man, Raymond's interesting. That that's definitely something that uh, I don't I don't know if I'd go as far to say six, like sixty to like pushing seventy is a lot of points, man. Yes. That's, that's a lot for a rookie. But uh, I, I mean, if Raymond eclipses fifty, I'm I'm jumping up and down and I'm ecstatic. So like at, at anything more than that is going to be just icing on the cake. It's definitely a bit of a bold take to say sixty to seventy points. It's just that Lucas Raymond's off to such a hot hot start that I do think it is in the realm of possibility, however slim the chances may be. Moritz Sider, no, I don't think so. I think with Moritz Sider, if you can peak at, and I mean, like, you're you're really good. You know, you have your your defensemen who are offensive defensemen who put up a lot of points, but that's not Mo's game. And even in Sweden, he only put up about half a point a game. If he could do that, if he could put up 40 points, I mean, that's an excellent performance by any defensive defenseman. I don't even know if he could do that in his rookie season. Obviously, our, out, out to this hot start here, I'd be happy if he could put there. If he put it 30, like you said, with Raymond, if he did 50 points, jumping up for joy, if Cider put up 30 points, I'd be like, holy shit. It, excuse me. But he's so good, not just defensively, but it, it's just for him to actually contribute on the offensive side. He's already got eight points in however many games, 10 games so far. So, I mean, that's only mm-hmm. only asking for another 12 points. So even if he goes on a cold streak, like that's reasonable. So I think that's more realistic for Moritz Sider um, than, say, 60 to 70 points. And just also based on the fact that he's a defenseman, not a forward. <laughs> for sure. No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy with, with, um, with how they've looked so far. And, and, and yeah, I, I would... I would. Anything's possible, baby. Anything's yeah. possible. We're we're on the the Lucas Raymond hashtag Raymond for seventy points train now. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, thank you guys for your questions. We really appreciate it. Um, Scotty, you got any more thoughts, concerns you have? Uh, you want to get out there? Um, Korea to Comerica. Come that's on. my. Uh, that, that's my. That's Bring my JV thing. home. Yes, that too. All right, guys. Thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make sure your second listen is Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. Scotty, fun as always. We will talk all day tomorrow, I'm sure, and then we'll hop on here to record an episode. Post-game recap, hopefully a win this time. And uh, we'll be back with all of you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every freaking day. Every day. Holy 
your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.